Love that song. Love that opportunity to sing of God's holiness. That is good. And that actually, actually the whole package, Pastor Sallow or Lindsay, I don't know who worked on it uh, this week, but just, just weaves really beautifully into the message this morning. And so um, to start with, actually, let's just pray for a moment. I think that's just wonderful. Let's just pause. God, thank you for just who you are. You are so holy, and you love us so, so much. We just have felt your presence here this morning, and we just continue to pray that you would lead us and guide us in these moments now, in Jesus' name. Amen. I would invite you to uh, imagine with me. Uh, in your mind's eye, imagine we're all at the foot of a mountain. So if you need to close your eyes, whatever, picture this massive mountain in front of us. And we are standing at the foot of this mountain, all of us. We're all together. But up at the top, there's like storm clouds way up on the mountain. Have you seen mountains that are totally covered in? And they're black There's even lightning, and you hear some thunder in those clouds. Do you start to picture it? And the clouds are moving down, and not only do you hear thunder, but you actually hear a trumpet blast. And it gets louder and louder as it moves down the mountain. And it's actually like the mountain is on fire because there's these billowing clouds of smoke going up into the clouds. The mountain is trembling even. Shaking. That is the picture. This is what actually happened in the story that we're going to read this morning from Exodus 19. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Exodus 19, or you can just stay in that moment of picturing this mountain. And you can keep your eyes closed if you want. Don't fall asleep. Keep your eyes closed if you want, or however you choose to think about this passage. I'm going to read the whole chapter this morning, uh, because it's a great story, a wonderful story, and it fits. The whole thing needs to be read out. So I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so you can follow along with me if you'd like. But Exodus 19. Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt. Two months. They arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai, at this mountain that you just finished picturing in your mind's eye. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know I have carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey, my, obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded. And all the people responded together, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord, back up the mountain. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you. Then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their their clothing. Be sure they are ready on the third day. For on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. Mark off a boundary all around the mountain. Warn the people, be careful, do not go up on the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the, the mountain will certainly be put to death. No hand may touch the person or animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. They must be put to death. However, when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, then the people may go up on the mountain or go to the mountain. So Moses went down to the people. He consecrated them for worship, and they washed their clothes. He told them, get ready for the third day, and until then abstain from having sexual intercourse. On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from the ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Stephanie's excited. And all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form, um, sorry, descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on the mountaintop of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. Then the Lord told Moses, go back down and warn the people not to break through the boundaries, to see the Lord or they will die. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so the Lord does not break out and destroy them. But Lord, Moses protested, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. You already warned us. You told me, mark off a boundary all around the mountain to set it apart as holy. But the Lord said, go down and bring Aaron back up with you. In the meantime, do not let priests or the people break through to approach the Lord, or he will break out and destroy them. So Moses went down to the people and told them what the Lord had said. Moses got some exercise. This is all about the people of Israel meeting with God. Mount Sinai is a very special place in the Bible. Mount Sinai was the place where Moses first heard and met with God at the burning bush years before. And then years after this, Elijah hears on that mountain the whisper of God. And then here, in this moment, however, God wanted to tell the nation of Israel something very special, and he meets with them here. Not just a couple random people meeting up. This is the God of the universe and his chosen people coming together. God of the universe wanting to meet with his chosen people. And I know the the Israelites didn't have a great track record over the last couple months. Yes, they left Egypt willingly and excitingly after all of those miracles that 
God did through Moses to get them out of Egypt, but they kind of lost some faith along the way as they stood at the, uh, the Red Sea, uncertain of where God was at. They grumbled and complained all along the way, it seemed like, but God still loves his people and wants to meet with them. So Moses meets with God, and God tells him, he is going to come down onto the mountain so the people can hear and know that I, God, is speaking to you, Moses, and that the people will listen, always listen and obey. But then he says, go back down the mountain and remind them not to break through on those boundaries. Because God knew his people were, now they would push the boundaries. And he really, really wanted to make sure they were safe. He really wanted to make sure they were safe. The title of this message is Meeting with God. And this is what happened in this passage. God wanted to meet with his people. And there are some great lessons here for us to learn. There's lots in this passage that we can dig out and reflect on this morning. But I only want to focus on two this morning. Just two things this morning. The first one is uh, meeting with God requires preparation, personal preparation, and it also requires us to be intentional. Those are the two things. So first, the preparation. There is a personal preparation, and then there's this other preparation. It means seeking him with an undivided heart and mind. It means not allowing anything else, no matter how blessed or pure or good or wonderful it is, to distract us from the privilege of meeting with him and hearing from him. I want us to look at another passage of scripture uh, in James. If you want, you can turn to it. If not, James 4. Way at the other end in the New Testament after Hebrews, James. James 4, starting at uh, verse 8. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. There's some great things in this little passage, too. And this actually kind of mirrors the Exodus 19 passage. Draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. Wash, prepare. Like there's this sense of preparedness. Wash your hands, you sinners. This means recognize where we have sinned, not if we've sinned, but we need to own our sin. In Exodus, God asked the people to wash their clothes, to get ready, to prepare themselves to meet with God. And in a sense, this is what needed to happen on the inside, not just the outside. Verse 8 of this passage in, in uh, James, it says, Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. There is this pull, this gravitational pull that the world has on all of us. And God is saying, purify your hearts. The heart is the realm of, of feelings and attitude. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew 6, and he, he said to us, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's pulling at you today? 
What is your treasure these days? Because that is where your heart is. We talk about put your heart into it. Like just do something, put your heart. That is where your treasure, the treasure and the heart go hand in hand. Verse 9 speaks of mourning and even weeping for what we've done. This speaks to taking our sin seriously, of understanding that it was our sin, Brian's, yours, your sin that, that nailed Jesus to the cross. And Jesus died on that cross to save us from the penalty of our sin. Verse 10 tells us all about being humble, humility and humbling ourselves before God. To be right with God demands humility. Approaching God requires consecration, being set apart to God and for God. Just like the Israelites were doing as they prepared to meet God here in this story in Exodus 19. There's this personal preparation, being prepared. But there's something else that goes in with this preparation part. And um, the Israelites realized from Exodus 19 that they needed a mediator between themselves and God. There is this huge gap between us and God, and we sang about how holy, holy, holy our God is this morning. We're nowhere near that. We are nowhere near that. And there is this huge chasm. There was this huge chasm between the people of Israel and God. And Moses had to mark out all those boundaries. So Moses was the mediator. And of course, today we know our mediator is Jesus. And we can go directly to God anytime, anywhere, because of what Jesus has done for us. He has made us ready. He made the preparations. He has prepared all of us to meet with God. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6 says, For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, who can bring this massive chasm between us and God, who can reconcile God and humanity. And the man Christ Jesus, he gave his life to purchase freedom to everyone. This is super important to know. And remember, as we prepare to meet God each week, each day, each moment of our day, every time we come to God, we do so through Jesus. We do so through Jesus and the shed blood which he sacrificed on the cross for us. It consecrates us. It makes us ready to meet with God and to be able to come to God. Think about that again for a moment. This massive gap between us and God, filled by Jesus. That second lesson I see in this passage, um, that meeting with God was super intentional, okay? God set up all those boundaries, like I said, and the guidelines, and he's pretty specific for the Israelites. He told all this stuff for Moses to, to do all these things, to get ready. And that was super important. I love uh, another passage as it relates to this passage in Exodus 19, and that's from Hebrews, which is just the book before James. Um, Hebrews 10. And this one, too, really mirrors and comes out of this Exodus passage, I think. 
but Exodus 10, or uh, Hebrews 10, starting at verse 19. And he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. So, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. We can go right up the mountain, folks. We don't have to fear the boundaries like the Israelites did. We can go right into the presence of God. Just go and be in God's presence. Because of what Jesus did, he is the mediator. He's the one that's prepared the way for all of us. He has made us clean and holy to be able to meet with God face to face like Moses did. I asked you to imagine at the beginning of this message the mountain with the clouds and the thunder and the lightning and the smoke and the trumpet, all the shaking. Well, we need to now picture another picture. And we sang about it this morning a little bit. We need to picture God on his mighty throne in heaven. I don't know what that throne looks like or what that court looks like, but I want you to imagine God in heaven in this massive court, surrounded by a throng of mighty, even scary angels, singing praises, singing holy, holy, holy. He's the Lord our God. Jesus is there at his right hand. We can enter into that place. We can go right into that court today. Anytime. We can go there, folks. We can go there singing and praising, bringing our requests, our worries, our struggles, our fears, all of the stuff we're facing today. We can go right into his courts, right into that place. We can bring our joys, our excitements, our gratitude, all of that. We can walk right into that amazing. We can go right up that mountain, folks. We can come humbly, though, before God because Jesus has prepared that way for us, has made a place for us. Let me stop for a moment. There's a lot to take in on this passage and in the scriptures we've read this morning. But if we go back to Exodus 19, there's one verse in there that kind of jumped off the page at me again, and it was from verse 9. Uh, of Exodus 19, verse 9. It said, um, The Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in this thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear 
me when I speak with you. They will always trust you. Moses was the mediator for the people of Israel, but today our mediator is Jesus, right? We've said that. All the clouds, the thunder, the lightning, along with the loud trumpet blast and the shaking of the mountain, all of that was for the people to know and understand that this was God. This was God meeting with Moses and speaking with Moses, and Moses was to be trusted. It was all for, all for the people of Israel to see what was going on. Fast forward 15, 1,600 years later, and a little baby is born of a virgin birth. He lived on earth, the Son of God, in human form. He lived among us. He did a mountain of miracles and wonderful things. Over and over again, he did things to ultimately die a cruel death, a death on a cross. He was wrapped up and put into a, a tomb to die. But we know the story that death couldn't hold the Son of God down, that he was raised to life on the third day. Kind of mirrors the third day back in Exodus 19 when God said, on the third day, get ready to meet with me. And here, Jesus on the third day rises from the dead. Jesus is alive. And all of that stuff went on for us to understand that this is the Son of God whom is, we are to trust and believe. And we can meet with God because of him today. In places like this, here at UDAC or online, we can meet with God because of what Jesus did. Jesus is our mediator. I want to finish off one more aspect of being intentional with our meeting with God. Um, God wanted to intentionally meet with us, his people. In Hebrews 10, the passage, verse 25, addresses this area of being intentional and not neglecting meeting together. In fact, it says, encourage meeting together, coming together. There are so many ways for us to meet with God these days, both on our own or like we're doing today, here in the building or online. We are coming together to be together, to meet with God, just like at the mountain, the people of Israel came together gathered around the foot of the mountain to meet with God. First, we can open up God's word anytime, anywhere. Here it is, right here this morning. We've opened it up. We've read it several times here this morning. Opening God's word for ourselves daily, one verse, one chapter, whatever it might be, is so important. We just need to meet with God. He wants us to meet with him. And there's so many tools that we have at our fingertips these days, whether it's the written word of God right here or our devices, or you might have a devotional tool like the Daily Bread. There's some books out back, I think. I can, you can use the app on your phone. Uh, I have one, the YouVersion uh, Bible app, that has a verse that pops up on my screen every day, and you can choose when that verse comes. And I choose to have it at a certain time so that I, re I can look at it or I leave the notification on my screen until I have time to really look at it and meet with God for a moment. Even if it's just a minute, there's lots of ways for us to meet with God. 
And you can choose however and whenever you meet with God. But the point is we need to be intentional to meet with God. Several weeks back, our daughter, Chloe, who's at college, Bible college, uh, she was, I don't know, she landed on Psalm 1, and she, we chatted on the phone, and she reminded me that this Psalm 1 was the verses I chose when I started this chaplaincy role like eight years ago. And it was a good reminder. So I went back and read those verses again, and um, verse 2 popped off the page at me once again. And verse 2 of Psalm 1 says, And we are to meditate on God's word day and night. Oh, man, I'm not really doing that too well right now. Day and night? How do I do that? Well, that's a good question for any of us, for all of us for that matter. So I started doing some things differently, started changing up some things. One was that little Bible app with the verse. I put that, made sure that was back on there, and I leave it on my screen until I actually in, intentionally encounter God through that verse, um, my quiet time, whatever. There's lots of different ways to meet with God and to meditate on his word throughout us. I started doing these little cards, and you might find this goofy or not, but I started making these little cards up for myself. Special verses that are meaningful to me, like the Psalm 1, 1 to 3 is right there. Throw some pictures on there to help me. Uh, I love pictures, and so they help me engage with God as I read those verses and think about them and memorize those and meditate on those passages. Now, this week, another one popped up uh, on there, and I, I, I printed it off because it just reflected well on this morning's message, and it says, no, Micah 6, 8, I think, I don't know, Thursday or Friday's verse. Some of you may know this because you guys have the same app popping up on your screen, but it says, no, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And that is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And that walk humbly with your God popped off the page Got a little picture on there to go with it for me this morning to remind me what it looks like and what God is asking me to walk humbly with him, to meet with him regularly. Uh, A few weeks ago, I don't know when, I shared one of these verses, cards, with my Zoom group. I've got a group of men that I meet with uh, Tuesday mornings. Um, Another great opportunity to meet with God with some other men. There's like Four of us that meet now um, on our little Zoom group from like 7 till 7.30, 7.35, whatever. It's 30, 35 minutes long. Someone shares some passage of scripture or an encouragement, uh, and we share what's going on in our lives, and then we pray together. And we meet God together online. We've met together in person too a few times, and it's wonderful. There's lots of different ways that we can meet up with God. We have to be intentional. We've got to find ways to be intentional. I leave these little cards in my office and on my bedside uh, just to be reminded of these verses over and over and over again. There's journaling. Some of you may do journaling, and that's a wonderful way to meet with God through journaling, and you can read back and see where you were. And I do it sometimes on and off, but it is another wonderful way to meet with God as you write out what's going on. Prayer walks, prayer drives, and there's countless other ways, and I'm sure many of you, you can go out into the nature to meet with God. There's lots of creative ways to be intentional with meeting with God. Um, I stumbled on a, a Denzel Washington YouTube video, which is kind of an ironic one. He had a motivational message to some university students. I think it was from a Christian university or whatever. 
And um, he had a couple interesting points in there. His first point was, keep God first. Keep God first in your life. That's really cool. But I think it was the second or the third point that was really fascinating for me. And that was, at the end of the day, put your slippers way under the bed. Way under the bed. Far under the bed. So in the morning when you get up, you have to get on your knees. And then he said, while you're on your knees, he talked about being thankful. But I'm saying, when you're on your knees, meet with God. Intentionally do that. I don't have slippers, but I love the point. I love the point. Put, intentionally put your slippers way under the bed. Maybe you got to put your cell phone way under the bed so that when you get up in the morning, you're on your knees, stay there for a bit, and meet with Jesus. There you go. Point from Denzel Washington. Uh, I also had a uh, post this last week that I, 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 little video blog or whatever from Rob Reamer. And he's a, a great alliance guy in the States. He's prof at our alliance school seminary down there. And he had just like a three minute. And if you haven't seen it, it's on my Facebook because I reposted it. It was, it was pretty good. And he says, are you spiritually stuck? You ever find yourself spiritually stuck? And we talk about that means, are we ever at a place where we have a hard time meeting with God? Yeah. The first thing he said was, you need to change. Change it up. Change it up. Do something different. He said that routine creates a rut, and rut is just religion. And we're not into religion. We are into a relationship. And so if you find yourself stuck, change up the routine. Do something different. Don't do the same thing over and over and over again. Do something different. It was a great little video blog, and you can catch it on my Facebook because I reposted it, or you can search it up, Rob Reamer. Um, but whatever we do, we need to be intentional. This is the point. The people of Israel were intentionally meeting with God. We do too. Coming together is really so important. And this is the last point of this message, I think, this morning as we talk about being intentional. The people of Israel gathered together. Together they met with God. Jesus commissioned Peter in Matthew 16. He says, now I say to you, I, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. The church, folks, is so important with meeting with God. It is. I know we're not perfect. There is not a perfect church on the planet because we're perfect. we are filled with unperfect, unperfect people. Not perfect people. We are just filled with sinful people. But God still said the church is so important. God knows that we are meant to be together, to, to do life in community with one another to be intentionally meeting together to meet with God like we're doing here this morning. Both in small groups, large groups, Zoom groups, if there's some ladies, if groups that are going, there's lots of different creative ways to meet together, to be together with God. It's not meant to do, we're not meant to do life on our own. We're not meant to do church and God on our own. We're meant to do it together. 
And I know that COVID has made things complicated. And it has messed up some things these days. But you know what? As our worship team comes and we finish this message off, the point is we are to meet with God. Exodus 19, the picture of the people of God meeting with him. And if you've pictured it in your mind's eye, if you looked into the, the, the second picture that I asked you about, about meeting with God in the holy of holies, the, the heavenly realm, we can do that. We can be there. Folks, the bottom line in all of this is that we are to meet with God, draw close to God, and he will. He will draw close to you. He's waiting for us. Jesus has prepared the way for us. So prepare yourselves, and let's be intentional in meeting with God this morning.